so many people organize their tasks out of their inbox. And it's like, okay, that's not efficient. (laughs) And also when you manage your task out of your inbox, you don't realize you're now giving everybody that's that's, that's messaging you freedom over your schedule. They have control over your schedule and your time. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. We are joined by our first ever guest, Tiffany Haft. Did I say it right? Yes. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to not just be here, but to be like the official first guest. Like I I feel very honored. Well, you've had a hand in helping us get started in how you work with Anne. So we are so appreciative of that. And we're excited to welcome you on the show today. So, Anne, you and Tiff have kind of a backstory of how you know each other and how she's helped you in your business. Yeah. I mean, I I go to Tiff all the time when, whenever I'm just trying to figure out kind of what's the best framework or how do I need to change my systems about. If you ever need to know how to systemize your business, Tiff is your gal. I just love her strategic mindset. I think when we met we just had kind of an instant connection and we've gone back and forth and just really talked about all things business and motherhood. We have very similar views. It was funny. One time Tiff asked me, well, what legacy do you want to leave? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to leave a legacy. My legacy isn't going to be in my work. Does that make sense? (laughs) You know, just kind of how we prioritize motherhood and our business, but also like we're excited to have growth and see each other succeed. So yeah, it's been really fun working with Tiff. I'm excited to have you here today. Well, and the same, the same goes for you. I feel like we have a very mutually beneficial relationship. And as a, as a mom and as an entrepreneur, sometimes you can feel like we live on an Island. One of the biggest things that really took me to the next level is realizing that I can't do this by myself. Like I need people in my corner that get the struggles I'm going through and not just, you know, there's mom groups and things like that. But I feel like when you're an entrepreneur too, it just adds this whole other level of like struggle and second guessing and questioning and perfectionism and all these things. And so to have someone in your corner that you can go to and like bounce ideas off of, and, and I'm blessed. I have a few in my corner, um, but Anne has really been in my corner as well. And so it's been, it's just been a really fun journey together to help each other grow in our businesses, both strategically and systematically. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how did you get started? You have four kids and you own your own business, which I mean, that on its own is a lot, but how did you make the leap to business ownership when you started consulting or, or working with clients? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. It's just kind of ingrained in me and I don't know where that came from, but when I first got married, I, I um, moved halfway across the country because I'm originally from Rhode Island and started a corporate job, which I did love. It was a great culture, all the things, but then I started having kids and I quickly realized I would pay my entire salary or, you know, into daycare if I wanted to put them, if I still wanted a career. And so I kind of stayed there because I had a, um, a boss that fought for me to be able to work from home. 
So I was able to stay there for quite a while, more so than I would have thought I would. But then I started a side gig in network marketing. So I started this network marketing business and was making more per month selling, like doing parties on Facebook than I was at my like full-time job. And I was like, well, this is silly. Like, Why am I stressing myself out doing all these things? So I quit the full-time job and just did network marketing for about five years. Did all the things, you know, earned all the trips, was in the top 1%, was a speaker for the for our group. But then our company went file bankruptcy, got bought out twice actually in a year and a half. And it felt like the rug kind of got pulled out from under me. Like I went from having a team of like 250 women and we were doing like $30,000 a month in nail stickers that are 10 bucks. You know, it was like crazy. And then it was all gone. Pretty much within six months, everything kind of died down. And so I started a couple other direct market or direct sales network marketing businesses, but just kind of quickly realized like, okay, I was staying in it for my team, but it wasn't really, it's not really where my skill set lies in the selling of other people's stuff. And also I realized I want something that is mine. Like I want something that no one can take away from me that I can build however I want to build it at the speed that I want to build it, how I want to build it, like all the things, like I don't want to schlep other people's products anymore. I want to rely on my own skills. And so I started just as a virtual assistant. Cause I was like, okay, after spending five years in direct sales, like anybody that's listening, that's been in it, you work for an hour. You don't know if that's going to turn into income. <laughs> it's like, you're just like working, working, working. And you're hoping that it turns in because there's so much relationship building in it where in VA work, you work an hour, you get paid an hour. <laughs> it was wonderful. Like, and I think I was at this point where I place where I just needed something super simple to like, to do and really figure out where, what my next step was. Do I want to just be a mom, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like I have plenty of friends that are like, you know what? I don't really want a career. I don't want a job. I don't want to leave a legacy in that area. I want to leave my legacy with my kids, but I knew that there was something else in me. And I, I'm one of those people that if things aren't constantly changing, I like go crazy. Like I, I love change. I, I don't like risk, but I love change. And so I decided to start as a VA and about six months in realized like, Hmm, I think this isn't uh, the right fit because I kept, I worked myself out of a job for a couple, a couple times where they didn't need a VA. They needed systems. So I came in, set up a bunch of things, uh, systems for them. And then they're like, oh, I don't really need you. I just needed that set up. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was able to organically kind of pivot my services to match with the clients that were needed. So that's kind of how I got started. It was a very natural, organic, I think I'm coming on my third year of like starting from a mm-hmm. VA, but I've, it's been about two years that I kind of really pivoted into more of the system side. We're helping people look at their processes and look at how they look at their work and how they project manage their tasks and all of that stuff instead of just being a doer, um, which there's a lot of overlap. I do a lot for clients too. So I'm still, I'm still in the growth mode. For sure. I think it's so interesting, Tiff, and I, I love your story and it just only emphasizes how important systems are for your business. Because you literally said like you basically worked your way out of these jobs because once you put a system in place, they didn't need someone doing the time. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's why you and I come together so often. And we talk about like the importance of systems in your business, because especially as an entrepreneur, time is money. And so when you're a one person show, or even if you have a team of people creating systems for your business that are going to help you be scalable and repeatable, I mean, you just can't put a price on that. 
And I think I started in corporate America and then I went to, you know, a small business and then I went to business for self. And so I've had a lot of experience in businesses that either have systems or don't have systems and it, it's like a make or break. And so I knew, and I think that was like my initial attraction when I met you, Tiff, because I was like, oh, she gets it and she knows how to do it. And I'm the type of person where I, I have to have a good system, but I don't like putting together the system (laughs) or maybe like the way I put it together, a system is not as efficient. And, you know, what I've seen you do for my business personally, as well as, you know, all of your other clients, I mean, you really do, you cut out that time, you give people time back and that in itself is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And it's, you said about like building a team, I think too, so many entrepreneur entrepreneurs don't know when like, when is the right time? At what point am I ready to bring on a VA or bring on, you know, a, a moneymaker for me? Like someone that like does the same thing that whatever service you do, someone that does the same services as you. And I think that's been another facet of my business that I've been able to tap into is helping people figure that out because it, it's true. Like you can have all the systems in the world, but once you hit a certain level in your business, you can't physically work anymore. And like for me, and we'll talk about my balanced life. I know I don't want to work more than 25 hours a week. So that means I can only bring on, and I physically can't work anymore because of four kids. And we have three wrestlers, a dancer who's also in theater and one does football and baseball and like just the myriad of activities that you have with four kids and the driving that takes place. Um, I'm very grateful for Voxer. It's like how how I survive um, in the car so much. But knowing like at some point you're going to hit a level where you need to delegate, you need to start outsourcing. And so how do you do that strategically so that you find good people, you find like a me for your business, or you find someone that's, that's going to support your business and look at your business like you do. I think what you're saying really resonates with, it resonates with people who own a business because we've all gotten to that point of burnout and we've gotten to that point of what do I even do next when I don't have enough time in my day to take on something else, but I can't grow the company without taking on something else. But also for parents who have kids who know that they don't want to sacrifice that balance that they have with their family. They don't want someone else to come in and take the kids to football practice. They want to be there. They want to be at dance. They want to be at theater. They want to be the person that's there for their kids. Well, they still, but they don't want to necessarily sacrifice having a successful career. Has there ever, has there been like a common theme that you've seen with your clients or friends who own their own business that you see their business and you're like, that could be systemized. If you just systemize that, you could, you know, put back. 10 hours in your week. Like, is there something that, you know, especially for maybe our listeners who this is new to them, or they're just getting started something that maybe they don't, wouldn't think of that. If you create a system around it, it's going to save them time. Yeah. I would say there's probably two main areas that everybody struggles with. And I don't know why, I don't know if it's just, they don't, they don't realize the impact it can have. Or they're just, you know, I feel like most entrepreneurs just start in this hustle mode. Like they just like, well, I just have to do everything manually because that's how I'm successful. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I would say project management, which 
I work with a lot of creatives and it's not a natural thing for them to think about is like organizing their tasks. So many people organize their tasks out of their inbox. It is insane. And it's like, okay, that's not efficient. (laughs) And also when you manage your task out of your inbox, you don't realize you're now giving everybody that's that's, that's messaging you. They have control over your schedule and your time. You, you don't control that anymore. You don't dictate it anymore. You're reacting to the things coming to you. So how do you take back that control and how do you tell everybody else you're, you know, like, this is when I'm going to respond to you. This is, you know, how I'm going to organize my day. So I think it's knowing when you're going to work like that time blocking and batching, however it works for your schedule. And then knowing what you're going to work on and setting up some framework around when you check your email and using like a platform, there's Asana, ClickUp, Monday, Trello. There's like a bajillion out there, depending upon your, your work style. Um, in your organizational style, or even a notepad, depending upon how many tasks you have coming in at you at any given moment. But having some place to organize that stuff so that that tells you, hey, these are your top priorities for today and this week. And then here are your goals and here are your long-term things that you need to do. So you can kind of see everything without trying to, like, we also don't, there's a great book called by David Allen called Getting Things Done. And the whole premise of the book is, is that when he when you hold, you try to hold everything in your head and you try to remember everything, it actually stifles your creativity. So he recommends like every morning doing a brain dump, like getting everything out. But what's hard is you do a brain dump on a piece of paper. Also funny note, I redact my tasks. I use a black highlighter to like actually cut. There's, there's like this like fun thing to like cross stuff off. So I am a true paper person. But I will dump idea. I will do my brain dump on paper. And then I take that and I put it in my ClickUp. Does this have to get done today? Does this have to get done this week? Can I delegate this? And then I will tag, you know, my team members to get something done. I'll put a due date on it. I'll plan it out. When am I actually going to work on it? So I brain dump it. And usually I have a daily, like I'll then pull it back out for the week and be like, okay, what am I really working on? If I have to take notes on a client call, stuff like that. But you can still be a paper person and use a platform to organize your tasks so that you're not trying to just hold on to everything that has to get done. And it makes you more efficient and more productive when you have something to help you organize all those big ideas and then break those big ideas into like small chunks. So I would say that is number one is project managing, knowing what you need to work on, when you're going to work on it, and having something that helps you organize those things that you're not just managing it all out of your inbox because... I I run, there's usually only about 25 emails in my inbox at any given time, which I also have a VA that manages it. So it's one of those things like I've even before I hired a VA, I ran like that because I'm like, I'm not managing anything out of here. I'm going to pull the task out, put it in my scheduler or in my click up. And then that's going to tell me when I need to work on it. Um, And then the other thing is client onboarding. I feel like there's so many tools and resources out there to systemize or automate client onboarding when you get a new client. Like what happens? Do you book a call? Do you send them a form? Do you have to get them set up in all your platforms? Making that consistent, which generally a lot of clients come in and they're like, yeah, well, sometimes I do this and sometimes I do that. It's like, well, how can you build a business business if every client coming in is getting a completely different experience? Mm -hmm. So making sure you streamline it so that it's the same every time. And then using something like Dubsado or HoneyBook. I know Anne has a HoneyBook affiliate link, but Using something like that to automate some of that. So it automate, like they sign the contract or automatically sends them an invoice. They 
fill out the form and automatically sends them a link to book your call or using something like that to automate that process can be super helpful, especially in the beginning. And most of those platforms are not crazy expensive because you can build it while you don't have a ton of clients. Most of the platforms you can truly customize so that it feels like an extension of your brand and it helps you manage like your potential leads and all of that back and forth of like scheduling calls, sending them contracts, all of that stuff, which at the end of the day can be super time consuming if you're manually sending every email to every new lead, to every new client, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you offboard, like all of that stuff is, can be s- solved with some sort of onboarding tool. It's so time consuming. Um, and I, Courtney, I know we talked about this, I think like in our first episode, how we're happy to share our failures along the way, of like what we've learned, what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, even just starting up this podcast, like this has been kind of a, a new business venture for Courtney and I. And the first thing that I was like, okay, I am learning from past mistakes is systemizing from the get-go. And yeah. so we're in the middle of creating a process for every time we have a, a guest speaker come on, because again, in the beginning, until we have that system set in place, it is a lot of back and forth email. Let me send you like a couple dates. Does this work? Here's the process. Now I'll send you a link. And with HoneyBook, I can set up a flow that sends out automated emails that I can still personalize. So when I need to get personal, I can. And so it doesn't just seem like a robot is talking to them, but some of the easy stuff, like having access to our calendar and when we're available and what dates are available and sending out those links and contracts and just kind of like, here's what to expect, automating all of that. And I can't tell you, like, it is a game changer. So yeah, having someone like, if you don't know how to do that in your business, finding someone who can help you do that, like Tiff, it is worth, it is worth the investment because you will get so much time back. And again, as an entrepreneur, especially time is money, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think people will get one of those platforms and then feel overwhelmed. Like I have to build out the whole thing. And generally when I, when I work either with my DIY clients who just need help um, getting started is like time track your time for a couple of days, like write down everything you do you know, which when you're a mom, it's like, got a snack, you know, (laughs) turn on the iPad, you know, wipe the butt. Like there's like all these (laughs) random things, but it's like, write down everything you do. And even if it's just your business for a couple of days, and then look at really analyze those tasks. Where are the time sets? Is it replying to clients booking calls? Is it onboard? Like you onboard a new client and took you two days to get through the whole process, right? Mm -hmm. Like figure out where your time sucks are and then create a process for that one task. And then once that's done, create a process for the next time suck task, or, you know what I mean? Try to solve for one thing at a time, especially if you're early in your business and you're just kind of getting started and you know, you need systems, but you're like, this feels overwhelming. And I don't have the, you don't have the revenue to like hire me or someone else to do it. It's like, just, just solve for one thing at a time. And you, you'll be amazed at what you can get done and what you can streamline and systemize. I mean, even like a good example of this would be building out canned email templates in Gmail. I mean, you don't need a platform to have canned emails. You can turn, it's a setting you can turn on in Gmail. So if you use Gmail, you can have canned emails that onboarding a new client, asking for sending an invoice, 
you know, if you're a, a podcast speaker, your bio, you know, whatever, you can build all those out and then just have them. So you don't have to rewrite everything. Another one is like having an FAQ for your business. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times I'll have clients that are like, yeah, we have people that are always asking us these three questions. And I'm like, so you're manually typing that every time. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, let's create an FAQ document that you just shoot off or your admin shoots off when someone responds. And then they actually have answers to questions they might have, but didn't even think about, you know, so it's going to cut down on the amount of times your clients are going to reach out. And it's still a, a high touch op- opportunity. You're still reaching out to them, but you're saving your time on the back end to not have to rewrite the same stuff 17 times in a week because your clients always have the same question. And then even putting some of those answers or FAQs on your website as a blog post in your proposals or contracts, you know what I mean? Like trying to be aware of maybe where your time is going and then solving for those different things that seem to be taking a lot of time. And I think that a lot of it is just, we're not aware because we're just hustling and we're just doing, and we're just trying to like make money and pay the bills and do the thing we're good at. And we, we have to kind of step back for a minute when we start to create our systems and look at everything that's happening and say, okay, really, where is my time going? And what could I solve for that would make me more efficient in something that I don't want to do or don't like to do so that I can really keep focusing on the things that like my clients are paying me money for. I think that's really smart. And I think that that's something that you can do in a lot of different areas of your, your life, not just in your Mm -hmm. business, but every minute that you spend on something that is not in your wheelhouse is a minute that you can't spend on the things that are, or the things that you want to do. So every one of these tasks that you're doing that maybe like you shouldn't be doing is time that you're taking away from something else. I think you wrote that in your, something similar to that in your show. Yeah. It's what my business coach reminds me all the time. Like, okay, every time you, every minute you spend on your business outside of what you've set aside, like those 20, 25 hours, you're taking time away from your family because that's where your priorities are right now. And you've told me that. So you really need to watch what you say yes to and watch what you fill your time with so that you can focus on the things that are important to grow your business in the way you want to grow it instead of, you know, just saying yes to everything because this fear mindset or this FOMO or whatever it is or comparison um, is telling you, you have to say yes to it. So I think it's a shift though, for sure of knowing just knowing what is good and what is right for you. And I think that boils down to how you identify your, what success looks like for you. Mm -hmm. Like how do you define your success? It's not going to be the same as everybody, as anybody else. Right. And, and I know Anne and I, she mentioned this earlier about, I don't want to leave a legacy with my business. Well, I actually do, but I don't want to make a million dollars. I don't want a team of 300 women. Like I want it to be small, boutique impact, but impactful. Like I want a dream team of people that we can friggin' rock at these helping these solopreneurs be efficient. So I do somewhat want to build a legacy, but it's not my top priority. My top priority is my family. So if at any point something happens with my family, one of my kids gets sick, we, we gotta, I gotta take them somewhere or whatever. They always come first and the clients have to get moved. Right. It's just always going to be how I, how I, I, like build my business. And so when I find clients or have sales calls, like I need, Hey, I have a five-year-old at home. He's probably going to hop in and interrupt some zoom videos, or you know, some like <laughs> meetings. It's just the way it is. If you're not okay with that, then you're probably not my client. 
I think I've had this conversation with both of you before about just like even really understanding and defining your why so that when you're in the moment or when an opportunity comes to you, you think about it and you put it in that quadrant of, is this like, does this back up my why? Is this my zone of genius? Is this what I want for my business? And it's, it's really hard. I think too, I think we're all kind of a little bit of yes, people were people pleasers for me in my consulting, like I'm a strategic growth consultant. I love to help people grow their business. And so when it's a request to help grow their business, but it's not in the way that I know is my zone of genius. I have a hard time saying no sometimes because I want to help them. But like you said, Tiff, I try to come back to that. If I say yes to this, I'm saying no to something else. And, you know, a lot of times that comes back to my family. Like I'm, I'm the same way. Like I do not want to be working, you know, a 50 to 60 hour work week. I don't even want to be working a 40 hour work week. That's just not where I find balance personally. And so it's, you know, if I take on too much work, well, then my, that's going to impact my family life. And so just really setting those boundaries up front and really defining your why, why are you doing this? Why are you being in business for self? Because it is very easy to get consumed and okay, I'm going to switch and I don't want to work a nine to five, but now I'm working like six to six, like 6 a.m. to 6 (laughs) p.m. Like, you know, and you just, you're always working. And so it's being mindful that you do set those boundaries because sometimes you don't just get to get up and leave your office. (laughs) And also setting those boundaries that are, when you have a client that constantly needs something from you that really is outside of the scope of what you're providing them or constantly needs something at the last minute, getting sucked in and saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to rework our schedule for tomorrow because they need this and blah, blah, blah. Everybody else's fire is not your fire. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that, you know, someone else has an emergency 99% of the time. It is not an emergency. And I always tell my team that they can say, I can't get this to you until next week. If there's a real emergency, we will definitely respond to the call. But but getting in that mindset of like not every point of outreach is an emergency that you need to deal with in the moment. I think that's a hard lesson to learn. And Tiff, it sounds like you've built some pretty strong boundaries around that in your business. Yeah. Well, not always the best at that. Although I do have retainer clients that we will talk all day, you know, but it's, it's, the relationship side of it that I love. And so there's still that level of, Hey, if you can't get to this today, no big deal. And I always tell my team, like, Hey, we're not brain surgeons. Like nobody's going to die. If this doesn't get done this week. Um, I think too, like just setting those boundaries. I think sometimes we are afraid that people are going to fire us or like, you know what I mean? Not want to work with us. But I actually think the opposite is true that when we can set some really good boundaries and we still like we still exceed their expectations or we still live up to their expectations with the boundaries i think this level it's almost like we tell them how to work with us and they respect that i've experienced more where people respect the fact that there's boundaries set up and technically i have attracted people who have lots of boundaries them, themselves like most of my clients 
don't want to work 80 hours a week. They want some sort of semblance of balance or harmony in their life. And they want to build an organization that allows them to be creative and allows them to have space and not be tied to their desk all day and, and travel or work wherever they want. And so the fact that I attract those people is because that's the vibe I give out too. Like, listen, I don't want this to take over my life. I want to work so that I can live and take my kids on vacation and put them in all these activities and afford that and buy snowmobiles. We're now a snowmobiling family as of this year. So, um, <laughs> but I, I want to have a business so that I can do all those things and also have this amazing culture and support some really amazing women and all of that. I don't want to life work to be my life that that's, that's, I don't have any other free time. So I think, and that comes down to, you know, how do you define your success? What, what types of things do you want to do in your life that aren't just your business and giving yourself the time and the, the space and the freedom and the boundaries to, to do those things. I love that. And I think, you know, another thing that I'm just like that you bring up and when you're talking about that, that reminded me is that balance to everyone looks different. Like that's, is there such thing as balance? Not really. I don't believe in balance. I, you know, but I think there <laughs> can be, like you said, boundaries and expectations. So we could honestly talk about this all day long, but we won't. Tiff, I would love if we could just kind of end on, even though you don't believe in the word balance, to you, what does living a balanced life look like? Yeah. And, and not that I don't believe in balance. I just think that word can can equate to that the two sides of the, the, the scale are always the same, right. which is not the case, especially as a mom entrepreneur. Like, they're and never going to, there's going to be seasons where you're going to spend more time in business or family or whatever. And so really I look at it as harmony. Do I feel content with the, the, the trajectory, the things that are going on? Do I feel at peace with everything, even though the balance might be off a little bit today or this week or this month, because we're launching an agency or one of my kids has been sick for three weeks or we in pretty much March and April for wrestling is like insane. Every weekend, every night we're doing something with wrestling. So I always know that that month is going to be busy. I also help make costumes and we have a show next week. So it's like dance costumes. And so the last two weeks have been crazy. So just knowing like what's coming and feeling like, but no, I decided I wanted to do these things. So it's going to feel a little chaotic right now, but the end is in sight and that's okay. So I'm off balance but I can see where the end is and I'm okay being off balance because these things really light me up and I love to do these things. All right. My kids love to do these things or whatever. So I think having realistic expectations about around, you know, what you can produce and where you want to go can be really helpful. And then just feeling content and at peace with where you're at. And, and it might, you might not feel like you're where you want to be, but can you be can you enjoy the journey instead of feeling like you just need to rush to the, to the end goal? I think really stepping back and enjoying the process and enjoying where you're at and being grateful for your, where you're at, but also working towards what you want to do next. So I love that. I think that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a treat having you on as both you being you and as our first guest on the podcast. We are adding Tiff's links in the show notes so you can access her website, her Instagram, and her LinkedIn through the links in our show notes. And you can certainly reach out to her if you have questions about streamlining operations within your own company or any of the other topics we chatted about. We would love if you enjoyed today's show that you give us a review 
on your podcasting platform of choice and be sure to subscribe to the show so you get notified about future episodes. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you liked today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.